Mike, I'm making a change. I'm making a significant change in my life that will Wait, affect but, me and my family. Well, that's the scary part, right? If it was, and I always think about this. If you were on the back of a motorcycle riding down the canyon at 100 miles an hour, weaving in and out of traffic, you never feel like you're in control, right? Right. On the back of the motorcycle. Right. That's the position your family's in right now, especially your wife. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, and that's, I mean, just driving. I don't like driving, but I don't like sitting shotgun where you don't have anything to hold on to. No, that's even worse. Absolutely. That's even worse. But there's good news and bad news in this. So what's the good news and what's the bad news? <laughs> Do you want to start off a session first with a, an intro? And then we'll get into the good news. On this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, Mike once again changes my life. I <laughs> know. That's a little bit, that's too high of expectation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of The Selling Podcast. I am going to get personal and I'm taking you all along on this adventure with me. And to help me out, I've enlisted a very close friend, Mr. Mike Williams, to help me out and solve all my problems. So long as you remember that all your advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. Mike, I pay you big money, big money. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Checks in the mail. Yeah. So I am making a significant career change. And I'm doing it at the end of 2020, the beginning of 2021. And I am scared. Yeah, but I can't think of a better way to kiss 2020 goodbye. This has been a crazy year. So this is a good fresh start. Which is true, but it was never meant to be. So I had started this process well over a year ago, before 2020, before COVID actually started going. I had Mm -hmm. begun this process and then... And then with COVID, it put all the plans on hold. So the the thought was never to come out of 2020, out of COVID, starting a new career, yet that's exactly what's happened. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of my, the people that I know, oh, a lot of friends, for sure. a lot of people are starting in new companies, new positions, and like me, starting in a whole new career itself. And there's nothing wrong with that. Without belaboring it, let me tell you what I'm going to be doing, and then let me back up, and I because I want to talk about why I'm making a change and get your thoughts. I want to talk about the self-assessment personality inventory that I did. Mm-hmm. I want to also talk about how I'm making this decision and the challenges that are coming into it, and then talk a little bit about the hurdles. And Mike, the reason I'm doing this is because, yes, I am I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous to do it. I'm really excited to do it. And my personality, I need to talk it through. And I hope you all enjoy because when I listen to podcasts, I'm listening to people who've been through a similar experience. I love Mm -hmm. to know that I'm not the only person going through this and knowing that there are many people out there making career changes. I want everybody to know we're all doing this together. (laughs) My guess is, especially right now, Career change is really not so much of an option. It's kind of required. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, they they say you'll make several career changes, not just industry. I mean, just full-on career shifts in your lifetime. 
which is oh, wild. It's just absolutely yeah. wild. If you think about the generation that preceded me, mm-hmm. their objective was to find a good company, work for that company for 30 or 40 years, mm-hmm. and then retire. Yep. And that, that was kind of the goal. That was the American dream. The, the numbers now are something like the average employee will change careers seven times. That's full on careers. I, I, I think I've heard that same number. Yeah. And I think that's true. And so that's, that's great because it gives you an opportunity to learn a lot. You can take everything that you learned and all that transferable knowledge that we talked about, Mm -hmm. take it along with you and build on the success of the previous career. That's one thing I definitely think you have going for you. Yeah. Let's, let's stop there. All right. So back up and take it one step at a time. I started with pest control sales door to door. And that was my entry to see if I enjoyed selling. And I figured I'd do it in the most miserable place ever, which is my hometown, Phoenix. But in the summertime, 120 degrees, knocking doors outside door to door to see if I enjoy sales. And Mike, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I love meeting well, people. I love going back to individual. <laughs> it was so true. I, I just, it was so fascinating meeting people in their home. I mean, you know, when you go to the airport and you see a bunch of crazy people and you're just like, wow, they're crazy. Okay. Imagine going to their home and seeing them in their, in their actual living environment. And just like, wow, that crazy comes home. That's awesome. (laughs) They don't leave it at the office. (laughs) So you took that, you took all the experiences and what you learned in the door to door sales world. And then you built on that in the medical device system, right? So you were able to expand your knowledge, further your abilities, learn a little bit more, and then transition from medical sales. And would you 15, 14, 15 years in medical sales? Uh, yeah, yeah th- 13, 13. 13 years in medical sales. And I remember the very first day you started, I remember how eager you were. I remember mm-hmm. how you, you're just, let's get this going. Let's hurry up and do it. You took all of that enthusiasm and energy, and then you plotted into becoming a very successful rep, a successful manager, and developing the career in medical sales. Now you're going to take everything that you learned in medical sales, and you moved it into the consulting world. Mm-hmm. And so you, now you understood the selling process. You understood the buying cycle. You understand a more sophisticated customer. And now you're going to transfer it into consulting roles. Correct. Selling that consulting services and offering consulting services as you go. Correct. So what did you learn there? It's fun because you look at it just to your point when the door to door, it's that initial how to bring people in right away, how to create that trust on the doorstep. And that's mandatory. Mm -hmm. And so taking that into the medical, when you first meet people, that gatekeeper, you need to create that trust on their doorstep, in their front office, in their lobby. That's what you do. And so having that, and then once you get behind there, then you're starting the sales process. You're starting to work that, which I think is fun. And you're starting to solve problems in the office, which led me to take it to the consulting side of now consulting is it's, it's all about solving businesses issues and seeing the underside of businesses and the challenges that all businesses face is fascinating. And then to try to be able to solve that through some leadership training and development, help create better leaders. That was, that was fun. And now I get to parlay all of that information now into consulting with people, which I, I love and I miss the, the, you know, the people, people interaction. Now I get the, the people consulting with their life savings, everything right. they've worked for, everything they've built, the stakes are higher. It's, it's now we're taking them so they can enjoy the rest of their life 
and I'm going to help consult with them so they're able to do that. Okay, so let's let's break it down. When you were selling pest control, it was transactional based, right? It was a one time, I'm only going to see you this one time. We've talked about going back to the same territory, yep. but realistically, it's one time. Correct. I've got one opportunity. I'm going to sell you this product. You learned a lot there. Yep. You transition into medical device now becomes less of a transactional sell and more of a business sell. Yeah, you're it's doing a business to business. It's a relationship. So you're going to call on that same gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. multiple times during the year. So now the process evolves. So you learn a little bit more. You got into the consulting role and you're trying to develop a longer term relationship and trying to bring them into your way of understanding or the principles that you're teaching and, and help them transfer that knowledge into their business and their facility. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now we're taking all of that and we're going out into the new role where you are becoming a lifetime partner. You can see the progress, can't you? Oh, absolutely. Why does it feel like the sales cycle gets longer and longer? <laughs> it's, it's more complicated. I think when you have a longer sales cycle, I think it can definitely be more rewarding. Well, you've got a longer sales cycle and you're also doing very personally with people. And it kind of culminates when you're developing that one-on-one relationship who is going to invest all of their life savings and all their retirement fund with you. Mm-hmm. All of the things that you've learned have led you to this point. Each one of those individual careers I could have stayed in and done mm-hmm. just fine. You know, I back for the pest control days, I have a great buddy who's who's now running his own pest control company as he's worked his way up and he's he's doing very well. I could have stayed there and done just fine. I wanted to try the medical because I always loved medical. And so I have also several people that I know who do great in medical sales and have stayed there the entire time. Sure. For, for me, I wanted to do a little bit more consulting. I wanted to have a little bit more more help, a little bit more say into the business side. And maybe maybe that's because I saw how certain physicians or hospitals ran their businesses and I wanted a little bit more say into that. So I went to the consulting side, which is great. Love the consulting world. I wanted more fulfillment. I was getting more further away from the human interaction. And that's what I love. I love the human connection, speaking with people. So this now brings it me back. Once again, very successful consultants. We've been speaking to them. So not a bad area to leave. It's It wasn't fulfilling exactly what I was looking for. Getting more human interaction, having a longer relationship building and having business involved as we're looking which investments to utilize to reach the goals. That's really exciting. You're looking for more of an interpersonal relationship and development there. And then financially, the rewards come on the back end. Correct. And when you say on the back end, unfortunately, changing careers, I'm also changing pay structure significantly. Sure. So, so while, while coming out of college was great because it was just just my, my, my new bride and myself at that time, that was great and we were able to make it work. And it was fine and fun. Now it's stressful. My new bride is now, you know, we've been married for 13 years now. And so my new bride of 13 years plus my four kids and everything, all the sports and everything that we have going on, there's definitely more stress involved. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> just, just, just a tiny bit. So there's there's a couple of points here that I think we need to isolate. One is your risk aversion. 
You're yep. willing to make the, you're willing to make a change. Your wife is willing to make the change with you and support you. Correct. And you're both agreed on that. Correct. Are you confident in your abilities? Yes. So where is the, where's the danger? Where's the risk? It's just change. It's just the little change. bit of nervousness in change. Am I excited? Yes. Am I looking forward to it? Yes. But am I scared for the uncomfortable nature of it? Because I I know it's going to happen. I mean, we we talk about this sure. when I'm when I'm consulting. I, I speak about this. Of people are super excited at the very beginning with little knowledge, and then as their knowledge increases, their excitement just plummets, and it plummets mm -hmm. quickly. And so you know, for my team that I'm going on to. Because thankfully, you know, this is another part of the big equation. I'm working with a team and that team is super knowledgeable. They have yeah. so much expertise. So I'm not doing this by myself. I'm not asking, you know, investors to come over and say, hey, come try out on a rookie. That's not it. It's, hey, come over because there's a huge team here to be able to support, to make sure that your investment grows um, and to make sure that we're taking care of you. So sure. great team to work with, I'm able to fall back and have them help me out. So that's, that's nice. And that's helpful. And that helps mitigate some of this risk. It's still, it's still a new experience. Change for the sake of change mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good change. When it's a conscious change and a conscious uh, decision that you make to make that change, mm -hmm. then it's going to be generally a better outcome. Yeah. And we talked with, remember when we talked with uh, NJ and Greg Pesci mm -hmm. on one of their biggest pushes, and I really like this. They say the greatest addiction America has is addiction to a paycheck. It's That's that, a really good point. Here it comes yep. every other week, and you become addicted to that. Change now going into a scenario where you're only going to eat it if you get to kill it mm -hmm. puts a little bit more pressure on you. Oh, for sure. Ab absolutely. But- it also removes all the barriers. And so it allows you to, to expand what you're capable of and what you have confidence in and mm -hmm. make the most of it. No, oh, absolutely. And utilizing the team's knowledge and the team's structure, you can pull in all their expertise. To me, it sounds kind of like the best case scenario. Now it's going to take time to get traction and no, you understand sure. that. For sure. Your wife understands that. But the outcome was not in doubt. As we talk about the change, it's gearing up for that downturn in excitement. You know, whether that comes six months or a year, things aren't going as fast as I, you know, anticipate them to be. So what do you think, what do you think sparks the downturn? It's, you know, looking at the goals and seeing myself right now, I know that I would love to have, you know, let's call it $20 million in assets within the first year. Now that's a super high number and that's me not knowing the industry to think, oh yeah, that's possible. Now, mm -hmm. some people I talk to, it's like, wow, don't expect that much. Well, that's my expectation because I really don't know. I, I, I know a little bit, but not enough to know that, hey, that's probably too high. Is it realistic? And in my, in my opinion, yeah, absolutely. In okay. the reality of the situation, mm, maybe not. Realistic expectation. You may need, to, may need to dial that back and make it so it's an obtainable goal. Correct. That's where the downturn comes is it's my unrealistic expectation finally coming in line with reality. And so if, okay, if it's, hey, three years of a struggle, 
you know, financially to make sure it all pays off. Well, great. I think I, I'm so good. I can reduce that to a year and a half. The reality is maybe I can, or maybe I can't. When that unrealistic expectation hits reality, that's where that excitement becomes that downturn where it's, okay, I understand now. Now I need to get myself back up, back excited about the realistic goal. If you break it down, you said 20 million in a year and a half, two years, three years. What was the time frame? I, I want to do it in a year. Well, that's pretty aggressive. All right. So <laughs> let's take quarter one. Yeah. You're going to take at least three months of just getting to understand the flow, the workflow, the process, so it's, right? It's, it's a little bit worse than that. So, okay. yeah. so it's, it's interesting. When I first was hired on in medical, I had to pass the test and you were the one actually administering the test. And you said, if you do not get, I think was it 80% or better, we're going to fire you. <laughs> and that's, and it was, it was a week long training anatomy course that we take and some sales built in. It was a week with you and it was 80% or better where we let you go. Now, Mike, the stress that puts on of, you have to go through the interview process. You have to go through everything. And then you sit to learn anatomy and product-based items and everything in a week. And then you take a test. I hate tests. I hate tests. But the stress that puts on somebody is ridiculous. And it's yeah. so good. It is so good. <laughs> I love it's, that. It's, it's a refining. huge barrier to entry. It's yeah. massive. So that way you get the best people. That's and true. With that being stated, going back to it. So I've already studied and taken the SIE, which is the um, entry test for the securities. Mm -hmm. And I've taken that test. And then within that first you know, two, three months, I have to take the Series 7 and the, the 66. So two other massive tests to be able to get in. So even though, yes, I've applied, I've been accepted, I still have to pass those tests. And if I don't, it says in the contract that termination is possible. Absolutely. Remember how stressed out you were over taking the first test? Oh, I was freaking out. Yeah. How'd that go? It went well. I passed. Okay. But I was right, freaking so, out. <laughs> yeah. You bring all the stress and the pressure on yourself. And that's not a bad thing because you need the pressure because that's the driver, right? That's what motivates you. Yep. And, the, and I always break it down very simply. There are two motivators in life, pain and pleasure. Other than that, the, the rest of it goes away. Mm -hmm. You can have inspiration. Inspiration comes in all kinds of different forms, but motivation is either pain or pleasure. You are using the pain as the motivator for mm -hmm. you because you didn't want to fail, right? Correct. If you do that each time and you keep focused on what you can control and what you can do, it will happen because you understand your capabilities, mm -hmm. but you want to do it the right way. Correct. Not, and that's not true for everybody. Not everybody really understands what they can do. And that's not to say that you're not a good person if you don't pass the test. You're not a failure if you don't pass that test. Mm-hmm. It means that you didn't study that material or that material just simply is not for you. Yep. And that's fine. Yep. And that's the same thing when you, when you came into medical sales. When we, when we provide the test, when I tested you, it wasn't just to see if you're capable of learning. It was to see how much you wanted it. Because let's face it, we didn't really teach you anything that was outrageous, right? Right. Looking right. back at it. Yeah. And that's the same, the same thing in the test you're taking now. 
you'll look back at it in 10 years and go, I don't know why I was so worried. It wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. imply, we impose those pressures on ourselves. No, absolutely. We do. I love barriers to entry, those types of tests. Mm-hmm. First off, I question just naturally, skeptically, okay, why am I getting into an industry where I have to take a test and, and really study <laughs> and it gets me all worried? You know, yeah. why, why am I doing this? Why don't I just, you know, start my own business where I don't have to take my own tests? The reality, yes, that's an option. The reason I like these tests is because it allows me as an individual to ensure that, yes, I want this, I like this, I enjoy this, and I'm going after it. It also creates this just natural barrier to entry that what I've seen is I've done other things that haven't required, you know, difficult entries is that, you know, it's a very flooded market. Mm-hmm. And when you put some barrier to entry, you get some top-notch people who want to get it and who want to get into it and do it. And, you know, I saw that with my MBA, you know, getting my MBA, you have to take, you know, the test to get in and then you have to send in your application. It's that initial test to get in that you really, once you're there, you know that you're surrounded by some quality people because they've all had to go through the similar type process. They're qualified for that particular event. Correct. Right. It's not a statement on them because- That's a good point. Correct. It's just they, they met the minimum criteria to get into the program. Yes. All right. What do they call the guy that graduated last in his physician's class? Doctor. <laughs> and we both know that they're not equal all over. So Correct. what to take the test as being the, the be all end all, but it does give you the criteria to get into the game. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. And that's true for anything. Yeah. And it might not have a huge barrier to success, but your application of your skills to the goals, mm-hmm. that's I think what is measured. Mike, we've already spoken about it. My self-assessment, my personal inventory, the loves that I put down were sales, business, kind of the underside of business, you know, what goes into it, some of the number side. And this is a test that you, just your matrix that you personally, not Briggs-Meyer or anything like that. (laughs) No, no, no. Nope, nope. This was just just me putting down my my inventory, my my likes, my dislikes. Um, I did this by myself. Pros and cons. Correct. And then I did this with my wife just to make sure that I wasn't misinterpreting something that I saw, but Mm -hmm. that she has known me for a very long time and she was able to say, yes, this is, this is aligned, you know, it was just love for people, love for relationship building. So trying to find that career that matches all of those, it took me some, some searching to do to make sure that, that it has everything built in. And to match that with your lifestyle. Correct, which is something I have. It we always talk about work life balance, and you know it might be work life trade offs. You know, or just working in my life. You know, what is no. that? What does that look like? See, and I've always been a big. Fan. I don't like work work life balance because there is no balance. Nothing Correct. is going to equal the weight of my. Correct. But there is work and life integration. Yes, and how they mesh together. Yes. So I love traveling the world. I absolutely loved going to different countries and training people on how to sell. I mm-hmm. love that. It, it was noticeable when I was gone for my family. And mm-hmm. I know that for me and my family, I just, I couldn't keep doing it. Although I absolutely loved it. I needed to be home 
while they're while they're growing. And so that was one of the main decisions into this. Another decision is, you know, just the gut feeling. You know, what does the gut say? Does the gut say go for it? I'm very spiritual, so you know, a lot of prayer went into mm-hmm. it to say, hey, is this and then paying attention to that feeling, is this the right move? Obviously, budget and viability. Can we even stay where we're at? Because as a financial advisor, if you declare bankruptcy, it goes on the record. <laughs> so, so some, some things you just can't do. So, you know, financial viability is there. And then the last one is the length of potential work. You know, how long can I do this? Is this, sure. is this, am I going to have to have another career change before I retire? Or is this something that can take me into retirement? Um, or even, even if I don't want to retire, how long can I do that? And this as a financial advisor that meets this criteria where I can do this for a very long time. You know, it's interesting because everybody's given the same 24 hours in a day, right? That's Mm -hmm. nobody gets more. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen anybody have a day stretcher yet. (laughs) It really, it really gets into what you do with the time that you're allotted. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember very, just very vividly living in Michigan and we had all six of us living in a two bedroom apartment when I first started. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how (laughs) to get real. That's how poor we were when we first started in sales. That's what I, that's our start. And I remember the day that I ran into a friend of mine who was working for an aluminum company and he was, I thought he was doing pretty well. He was in a, a managing position and he was, he was doing fairly well, I thought. And one night I found out he was delivering pizzas at night. And I thought, Dave, what, what's going on? And he said, I just have a couple debts that I want to clear yeah. and a couple things I want to buy. And so he was taking time when his kids would go to bed, he was delivering pizzas from eight o'clock to midnight every night and then to go to work at six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to do it, there's a way to avoid the... <laughs> The yep. financial disaster. Yep. There is a there is a way to do it. But it was short term. I mean, he was only going to do that for six months. But I thought I admire that because that tells me that he has ambition. He has the goal in mind of what he wants to be, what he wants to have, and he's willing to work for it. So I see you with your skills, your ability, uh, the knowledge you've obtained, your drive, your motivation, and your passion. I don't see any reason you have to be worried about your future it's just like ray's comment about the onyx bull you know mm-hmm. when it, when his wife sent in the onyx bull and just said hey yeah. you're you, this is who i married is that and, episode you know, two or three get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was early early on and it was early. and and it's really fun because that's that's it it's like yeah that's exactly who i am this is going to be great my family's going to do very well i'm gonna love it the people that I'm serving will also really enjoy the services, you know, partnering up with a great company. I don't see this as a bad thing. I asked you a question earlier. When do you see that rapid decline in enthusiasm, right? Here's my take on it. Okay. Keep your Onyx bowl front and center in your, on your desk. Mm-hmm. And that's going to prevent that rapid decline. Because every time you look at it, you're going to think of that one moment or that, that motivation that moved you in this direction. And I think it's just kind of that refresh. Today's a new day. This week's a new week. I need to move the ball forward. And this is what I'm going to do to do that. And it's just keeping grounded that way. I've also let several people know. 
I've let my team members that I'm going to be with, I've let them sure. know of, hey, here's what I need you to look out for. You know, here's some of my triggers that I need you to look out for. I've, I've yeah. mentioned this to my wife. Hey, look for these triggers. And I've even gone so far as to set up a calendar notification six months out <laughs> just as a mental check of, hey, how are you doing? You know, because it's because it's going to ping my phone and it'll be sure. something I'll laugh about because I know that it potentially I know that it's going to happen. It always does. And so just to keep that in mind, keep others, keep myself motivated moving forward because I know this is the right thing. So we've talked about the importance of having a team around you. And we've also talked about the importance of accountability. And so what you're looking for, what you've done is you've blocked out that six month time, put a calendar of reinforcement as an accountability measure. Correct. You've told people around you as an accountability approach, you're looking for accountability coaches, accountability guides mm -hmm. to help hold you accountable to your decision, knowing it's the right decision. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's a good call. It's still the change and change yeah. is still, still scary. I'm jumping into something completely new. I know that a lot of people starting 2021 are also jumping into new arrangements, new careers, new companies. And a lot of people are going through the exact same feelings, the same thought process. And there is comfort to know that, yeah, I'm not the only person who's doing this. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time and coaching me through this. You've like just said, always truly been a great friend, great mentor, <laughs> and a great help. Well, like I said, my advice is worth everything you pay for. <laughs> I owe you so much money. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. And for anybody else going through some of these changes, hit us up, reach out to us, let us know what you're doing, comment. We want to be there to help support you. We would love to share any of your experiences, any of your thoughts as we start 2021, brand new year, putting 2020 behind us and looking forward to some, some big changes. And we need to make sure that we're there to lift each other up, keep pushing together. I love Larry Long Jr.'s uh, midweek, midday motivational mm -hmm. minute. It's just one of those continual pick-me-ups and he does a great job every week. And he was just on again today just pushing through and uh, making sure he lifts everybody up. Yeah. There's, there's a book that I think would be good for you and good for our listeners. You can't still second with your foot on first by Burke Hedges. Yeah. It's a great book. You have to be willing to risk something, take a chance, make your best decision, and then put your head down like the Onyx bowl and charge ahead. I got pretty personal on this episode. Thanks so much for hanging in there with us. And one of your main takeaways, everybody needs a mic in your life. Yeah. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. A lot of comments here, Scott. They can straighten out advice to you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you guys.